0: You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is.
1: Hey there welcome to the show this is beyond synth i am andy last and i am joined right now with marco americ that's right i'm back I'm back again for more action. We're doing another playlist show. All right. You brought
2: a whole bunch of awesome picks uh, last time, so we're going to do it again. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's a lot of good music, a lot of good movies have come out, um, and a lot of good video games, I guess. Did did all that happen in a week? Not really. I think we recorded like four or five days ago, so I just kind of, uh, (laughs) as I was saying it, I was kind of thinking, no, actually, maybe I'm incorrect. (laughs) Actually, nothing has come out. Well, uh, the, the movies and the music, but the games, maybe not the games. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've played anything new since we spoke last, but uh, I did see some movies and there's some silly movie news and some other stuff. But first, why don't we uh, we get this show started here and play some music? I just realized that I haven't signed into my Patreon, so i got to do that now. Bloody get on to it, Andy. Jesus. Why don't you uh, tell the audience uh, a personal secret about yourself as I sign into Patreon?
2: I don't have a lot of secrets, Andy. I mean, I... I- uh uh-huh. I did have, okay, I know people have noticed I have put on a little bit of weight recently <laughs> I blame that on my American cuisine, and and don't worry, I've got it under control now, I've actually trimmed down a little so, thanks everyone for being concerned but I'm onto it, don't worry. Are people saying that to you? No, but I know they're thinking it, I know they're thinking it. Or is that just you, like, cause I mean, I've, I, uh, I need to
1: lose some weight myself I don't know what the plan is, because like I just snack all the time, my wife always buys all this junk food, it's and hard. I can't I can't not eat it, like when it there, I
2: just keep going back to the kitchen and just grabbing stuff. Well, that's the secret, not having it there. And I know that's almost impossible when you live with a group of people that want to snack. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. the problem. But I find you just can't have it there because the temptation is always there. Unless you're like some super strong willed person that. I'm you know, not. <laughs> not <me
1: either. laughs> I'm not at all, man. Like, I have no self control. No. And it is frustrating as hell because there are times where. I give up so quickly on the idea of self-improvement where I'll be like today's the day I'm gonna start uh, I'm gonna do push-ups and uh you know go for a run and wake up early and then I
2: just give up like that day like I don't (laughs) even do the day you don't even get through the first day yeah no it's awful I've got pretty good self-control I mean generally I'm pretty good I have dieted before and everything my problem is if I get high everything goes out the window. I just have this uncontrollable urge to eat everything. Yeah. And once I start, I, I just my self-control is gone. So. <laughs> and I'm always high. That's the other problem. No, not always.
1: <laughs> 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 well, look, how about this? Before we uh, we get into this here, let's play some music. So I'm going to play the first track. I guess there wasn't really too much video game stuff going on this week, but I'm going to play a video game cover. I know I don't often play covers. This week, actually, I think I've, I've got a few covers, but uh, this one's just really awesome. It's from astral tales and uh he put out uh, an album recently of video game covers and what i like about it is he's not necessarily picking tracks you hear a lot covered mm-hmm. you know there's sort of like these go-to video game songs that like yeah. everybody covers like once you you go i'm gonna do a video game cover it's like oh geez is it gonna be flash man from mega man i know are you gonna you know what i mean like there's always like a few that like everybody does and so this is a this is a cover of the flashback theme from the game flashback and I always loved the theme song of this game. It's one of my favorite themes that plays at, like, the start menu. I think back in the day, I played the Super Nintendo version, and I didn't understand how to play that game at all. So, like, I didn't get any further than, like, the second screen. But <laughs> I loved the title screen just because of the wicked music. So this is a cover from Astral Tales uh, doing a cover, and it's a pretty awesome cover. And it's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. We're talking about Mike Shima, mystery donor, And Chris Dance, the king of all kings. And uh, now let's check this out. This is Astral Tales with flashback theme. And that was Astral Tales with flashback theme... From Flashback, The Quest for Identity. So that's a cover of the video game theme. Cool thing. Astral Tales. Go check out his new album. It's got a whole bunch of uh, awesome video game covers. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, like Mr. Mike Erdahl with the 5666 and Brandon Decker and Tim Carlton in the $50
2: Club. Now, what were we talking about? Uh, we're talking about weight and video games and. <laughs>
1: I was hoping you have forgotten. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) That's the problem because I I have all these plans. I got a belly, you know. (laughs) I know doing crunches isn't the only solution, right? You have to actually change your diet in order to get rid of the belly fat. And I can't do it. Mm. Like, I just, every day I I go, well, today's the day I'm going to go on a diet. And then someone will be like, oh, we're going to Wendy's. And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't get Wendy's too often or whatever. And then, like, I have to say yes to it. And if I get Wendy's and I have to (laughs) order, like, 80 things, and then the whole thing out the window again. Certain people with certain body types can wear a belly better. Yeah. But I'm not a thick guy. Like, I'm a skinny guy. (laughs) And so having a belly is really frustrating because it just sucks. It's like, you know, because sometimes when people are, like, thicker, they can get away with a belly and it's like, it's fine because they're just sort of, like, thicker people. Mm -hmm. But I'm not one of them. And so... I fucking hate having a belly. It pisses me off. And then the other day, a video came up on YouTube that I didn't even ask for about some guy that went on like a seven-day fast. 7 And
2: days? I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll do a seven-day fast that I'll fucking quit on day one. I used to do that shit when I was younger. It was for charity. It was a... Oh, man, I can't remember what it was, but all the kids were doing it, like, in the late 80s, and it was, like, a seven-day fast or something, and they would would fast for, like, seven days. I was like, how the fuck do you do that? What, you can only drink water? It was, like, water and coffee, and, like, I'm like, man, fuck that shit. I don't know how you're supposed to do that. (laughs) I mean, it's great, it's for charity and all, but... Well, I saw on this video that the secret
1: was they kept salting their water. What? Because that gives you, like, the electrolytes and the, you
2: get your energy yeah. back or whatever. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck that thing was called. But anyway, it doesn't matter.
1: Oh, we did it at our school as well, but it wasn't seven days. It was like a... It was, a, was, it? It was it, I feel like it was just like an overnight fast or like a weekend, know, you know, where the kids would that. actually go to the Maybe school. it was just the weekend.
2: I don't, I don't know. It can't be seven days. That's ridiculous.
1: No, I know I don't think you would ever ask of a student to not eat for 7 days. I feel like that would be bad. But like a fast for a day is fine. Like I think yeah, it was it was to do with um
2: I feel like Africa was involved. There was something. You, I, 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 What the fuck was it? It was something. and Yeah. Whether you sponsor a kid or... Was it? I feel bad for talking about this without being educated at all because I just don't remember. No,
1: what. no, 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 no. You open the fucking uh, the, the rabbit hole of us not being able to talk about things without proper knowledge and this whole show
2: goes out the window. Yeah, well, that's pretty much the story of us. And yeah.
1: like, yeah. <laughs> we can't talk about anything. We got to have expertise. No, know.
2: Uh-oh. Fucking hell. <laughs> <off.
1: laughs> anyway, look, how about this? I'll tell you what we do know. What we're good at is playing cool music. So how about you
2: uh, play me a track? All right. My first pick this week. uh, It's a pretty good one. Emil Rotmeier, who's been creating some awesome music for many years now. Uh, He's got a new EP out, four-track EP, and it is called... Faint Light, and the track I want to play off it is actually the title track.
1: Alright, man, and uh, I'd like to say that it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Krona Club. We're talking about Emil. Oh, we got another Emil here. We're playing Emil Rotmeier, and here we've got Emil, whose name I can't pronounce, so I only call him Emil. You know what his first name is? I'll tell you how it's spelt, and then you tell me how you would pronounce it. Ready? Yep. K N
2: U T. Not. It's got to be nut, right? (laughs) Knut? Knut. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he's he's my old buddy
1: Knut. Emil, and then there's Hampus ML and Glenn Main. And uh, now let's listen to this. This is Emil Rotmeier with Faint Light. And that was Emil Rottmeyer with Faint Light
2: from the Faint Light. E- Is it an EP? It's an EP. It's a four tracks. So it has to be an EP. I mean, it's definitely not an album. I
1: knew I knew you were going to pick that. Yeah. It's in my Bandcamp cart right now. Well, you knew I was going to pick it. Well, I knew you were going to pick a track from this EP. Yeah, because it's ass. already in my cart, ready to buy. And I was like, I was going to pick one, but then I already had like six <laughs> songs.
2: It's pretty good. I was close to picking Recall, but I ended up going, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great EP. Like uh, cuz uh you know when I get all those Bandcamp emails and I'm sort of listening to things and stuff wasn't really catching my ear mm-hmm. and then the second I press play, you know when you just like music instantly? Yeah. Yeah, this EP like the second I hit play like 2 seconds in, I'm like, "All right, put it in the cart. Like I already like this."
2: <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff.
1: Anyway, and of course uh, I should say that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Uh we're talking about my semi-sonic friend Jacob Wick and uh, and then of course there's Retro Serenade with the 30 30- and Hugh Hefner with the 2666. They are all cool people, and you're a cool person. So, oh, this is hilarious. So, have you been
2: keeping track of the uh, Ezra Miller news? Oh, they, yeah, a little bit. Uh, not in the last few weeks, but. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of been uh, Dude. turned out to be a real douchebag. Every day, he's committing a new
1: crime there's just oh god as we're recording this two days ago the story was like (laughs) it was ezra miller is charged with felony burglary oh
2: jesus i just looked it up yeah
1: i really want to know like we talked about this last week about the wb like sort of canceling projects and stuff Mm. and they've got this flash movie and you know fucking michael keaton is batman in it and there's all this stuff that you know i wanted to see and This whole time, Ezra Miller's been committing crimes, (laughs) like, and it's getting to this point where they they haven't shelved this movie, but there's no way they can release it. Like, there's no way they can release this movie now with him being the star of the film. And I'm super curious, you know, because they're trying to cut costs by shelving all these other movies, are they going to be willing to put the money in to possibly, like, reshoot his parts with a different actor, like you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I don't know what they're supposed to do. I. I'm a little weird with that shit. Like, I I get it. It's not a good look. And, uh, you know, people aren't probably going to watch it because he's the lead. But if it's already filmed and it's done, I mean, it's not the same situation. But, you know, the Batgirl movie or whatever, they're not going to release it now. I'm like, are you serious? So what if it's a shit movie? Just fucking release it. You know, okay, don't spend this money on advertising. And, 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 you know, if you think it's going to fail, just release it. It's already done. I mean, how can you just cancel it? I don't get it. You know, well, I don't think I don't think Batgirl was done. It's not? I thought it was finished already. I thought. No, it's like, it's filming. Like, I mean, it's not... It's still filming? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I mean, it's a weird time to cancel a thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, with this Flash movie, it's. I guess it's not even just a question of it being a bad look. It's like, what the fuck do you do? Yeah, because yeah, you know, oh fuck, are we literally about to spend all this money on advertising? We already spent money on this movie, and if we fucking put out an ad that shows this guy's face people are not going to want to see this film and so like you're sort of they're fucked like i think they honestly have to reshoot it but then it's going to be like <laughs> in the wake in the wake of all of these cancellations how are they going to justify spending more money on this movie which is going to fail and it's sort of like i feel like that movie's going to fail anyways cuz nobody gives a shit about the flash like they're The only reason why I want to see it is for fucking Batman.
2: Yeah. Michael Keaton. Yeah, at what point do you cut your losses then and just go, fuck it, you know? Yeah, because that's that's what they're doing with those other movies, but then... Yeah. But this shit seems to be happening a lot now. I mean, even like with Amber Heard or whatever, they're like, oh, well, we're going to cut her scenes right down, you know? And alter the movie greatly. It just seems to happen a lot lately. So I mean, I don't know whether these companies are like, you know, got to really pick carefully. They got to have in their movies because it's a big risk, you know. Yeah. No, it's fucking. It's it's
1: a crazy thing. But I tell you what's cool <laughs> what? is cool music. All right. So I got a track here from Neverman and Jay Diggs. Which is a, a fun little uh, one of them back and forth songs, you know, when like the, the dudes are fighting over a lady. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club, like uh, Clint Dowling, A Star Apart, Alex Selickson, Blake Peterson, and Cargo Cult Luo. And I hope you dig this. This is Neverman with No Matter featuring J Diggs. featuring Jay Diggs with No Matter. And I always like those fun songs where it's like, two dudes fighting over a lady? What's the classic one with fucking uh, Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson? The fucking... That's the girl is mine, right? Yeah,
2: that was a... I like that. Yeah, that's right.
1: In the 90s, didn't Brandy do the boy is mine, which was like the same song except they flipped the genders or whatever? Yeah, I think so. Yep,
2: yep. That's obviously what it was based on or whatever. Anyway,
1: the point is that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club like Honeybeard, Johnny Five, Joseph Richards, and Ken Giroux. And uh, we're back just playing cool songs and talking about movies and things. I don't know what the answer is for Warner Brothers because it almost feels like they need to shelve the Flash movie and then and then re-release this Batgirl movie. Except I think either of them won't make
2: any money. Yeah, but I mean, if you've invested so much money in it already, isn't it just easier to just release the fucking thing and at least get something? I know they're saying like with Batgirl, they're saying, well, you know, the amount they're gonna have to invest in advertising and all this shit, and they know that it's gonna it's not gonna it's not a good movie, so it ain't gonna do well. You know, we're just gonna cut our losses. But it's like, how much have you already invested? in it the other thing is if if the script was so bad in the movie at I mean, wasn't there at some point that they could have worked that out and gone like, you know what? Let's redo the script. Let's let's do something. You know, like at this day and age, I don't know how that fucking happened. This
1: is my problem with everything I'm watching now. All the fucking Marvel movies and the Star Wars, like all this shit that I'm complaining about. Right. And just sound like one of these fucking stupid nerds who's just fucking complaining all the time. (laughs) 80% of my problems are all solvable at the fucking script level. Yeah. That's what pisses me off. When I'm watching fucking Obi-Wan shows, Show and Boba Fett and getting upset at this, the, the lack of thought that's put into these shows if I'm a fucking company like a billion we just paid fucking four billion dollars for this Star Wars franchise and some guy hands in Boba Fett script oh here's the first four episodes of Boba Fett great and then I'm reading them and I get to episode four and I'm like hey uh, here's a question uh, why is Boba Fett doing any of this like why is this not mentioned anywhere in the script what his fucking motivation is like this is a terrible show come back and give this guy some motivation and rewrite this shit why they can't hire some nerds you know how many nerds would probably (laughs) pay disney yeah right could you imagine like what like i can read scripts before they come out fuck i'll pay you they would pay them And then they could fucking solve any stupid continuity issues. So if you, you know, when you're watching, like, a movie that's supposed to take place in the same universe and, like, wait a second, that character shouldn't be allowed to do that. Like, they said in fucking movie one that he doesn't have that power. How's he doing it here, you know? And, like, no one's paying attention to the fucking continuity or anything. And that's all nerds do. Yeah. Right? You hire fucking two nerds at a fucking basic salary. Okay? Like, we're not... It doesn't have to be a crazy amount, considering how much money these companies have two nerds whose whole job is just to fucking read star wars scripts and just say like look man this story doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. i feel like they're so concerned about secrecy all the time like oh you don't want we don't want these stories to leak who fucking cares it's a prequel it's a fucking (laughs) prequel like it's like well if the script leaks we're gonna find out what happens to darth vader like i know what happens to darth vader buddy Fucking happened in 1983 all right we're all aware of what happened (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's no fucking spoiler here. Like, it's so fucking stupid. Anyway. Classic. uh,
2: How about this? Play me a song. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I love how passionate you are about it. I love it. A Walk in the Woods has got an awesome LP that just came out. Uh, It's called Coastal Cruisin'. Some really good stuff. The track I picked off it, I had trouble just picking just one, mate. And I ended up going with those times which is really good all right man
1: and it's uh brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters in the 25 dollar club we're talking about neverman hey we just listened to his song <laughs> and restless nights robot conglomerate sir micothy and your friendly neighborhood raccoon pt <laughs> and uh this is awitw with those times That was A-W-I-T-W with Those Times, also known as A Walk in the Woods. Marco's second pick this week. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Um, You know, Dinner Dog upgraded his support last week, and I forgot to mention it because uh, Patreon was doing a weird thing, and it said he upgraded, but then it looked like it was a downgrade, and I'm like, do I read this? But I'm going to anyway. So a dinner dog in the 2333-pound club. And then there's Slade with the 22 pounds. He says 22-pound Slade. That's what I call him. At some point, I want to have AWITW on the show. hmm That'd be cool But he has like a Celerect LA Dreams Style catalog Meaning there's a lot of
2: music Pumps it out
1: I always find that Really intimidating Because I have to listen to it And so I would have to be like Either do some weird selection Like Because I wouldn't be able To listen to his whole catalog Before we Mm -hmm. recorded, And so I would go like I guess I'll just pick from the last Mm -hmm. five or six releases or something like i don't know because when i have a guest on for the first time i always like to start at the beginning and like sort of see the evolution over the course of the conversation but when someone has too much music then it's like i don't know what to do they intimidate you
2: andy yeah 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 they do Mm -hmm. like a pretty lady with big old boobs oh yeah (laughs) 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 i mean uh, no i mean I, i know what you're saying andy i know what you're saying I love just a, Oh yeah I'm gonna put a Boing sound effect In there Oh Jesus Christ We had every You don't cut shit out Boing Boing um- <laughs> No, I know what you mean. I mean, handle it how you want. I I would just fucking... Just look what other people really like, what his more popular tracks are, I guess, and then talk about those or play those. I mean, you can't listen to everything. Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, but I don't often agree with the most popular tracks. Like, when I'm on, like, Bandcamp and I see the tracks that people like, I mean, sometimes it's pretty clear, like, what the better songs on an album are, but sometimes I find with my conversations with guests, the sentence, oh, that's an interesting pick, comes up a lot Mm -hmm. when I'm with them, and they're always surprised because... I. I they're expecting me to play like the whatever all the ones that everybody else loves but i always like to focus on the ones that i love because i'm selfish
2: yeah boing not to change <laughs> not to change the subject but i wanted to talk about as well we're talking about movies with scripts and shit and i just want to know what you feel about it because i know how i feel with terrible scripts and terrible plot points where they're in a scenario in a horror movie or a science fiction movie where the actors um the characters or whatever do stupid shit to drive the plot in a certain direction and it drives me nuts movies recently that have done that are obviously Alien Covenant and Prometheus uh you drive me nuts that shit they're like in that area and oh we got lost you know how the fuck did you get lost? Like, yeah. that is ridiculous. <laughs> no, it, like, stop it. These experts on another planet, and these are the guys that are selected, this mission's been planned, it's it's all, they got all the technology, but no, they just, they just fucking get lost. Again, these can be solved at script level, right? So, mm. if
1: you have a character you've written into the script, who is the expert in 3D maps like that's his actual task on the ship is like I'm the guy who does the fucking 3D mapping of areas and then he's the one who gets lost that's stupid like that's a stupid stupid
2: thing it's so lazy writing
1: when you think about like the first alien and what makes it awesome is like yeah it's like since the characters are essentially just like fucking space truckers or whatever like their reactions like there's I don't when I watch alien I don't go well that was stupid because like at the end of the day like they're not scientists they don't know how to fucking quarantine an alien life form like there's all these things that they don't know how to do or how to respond to especially in the case of that the alien is such a weird thing Mm. and you're not ever asking those stupid questions and like i would just read these scripts over Mm. like again that job for that fucking nerd and whenever you have questions these can be solved at the fucking writing level like sometimes it takes a bit of work like if you've you know you really want that character to walk into that room and have that guy get killed or whatever and then sometimes yeah maybe you're gonna have to do a little bit of a rewrite to make that make more sense Mm. and this is this is what happens to me all the time now is i'm constantly like saying out loud to the television at everything i watch Why did he do that? Yeah. What's going on? Wait, and I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm not one of those people who doesn't understand movies. Like, I understand movies. I'm annoyed that half the time I'm watching stuff with so many plot conveniences. Yeah. Think about, like, the, the last, like, Doctor Strange film. Like, it was fine, but it's pretty crazy. Like, when you have an infinite amount of universes you can go to... Like, the odds that you're going to ever tumble in to the same one that another person you knew w- were in, like, literally you have an infinite amount.
2: Yeah, it's impossible, pretty
1: much. Like, the the idea yeah. of even going like, oh, where are they? Oh, I think she's over there, or whatever. Like, what do you mean? Like, when there's an infinite <laughs> amount of universes, there's, like, another Earth that's literally exactly like this one, except your dog has a different name. And that's the only difference. Like, that's what happens. When right. you have, like, an infinite amount of universes.
2: infinite, yes.
1: Yep. So the idea that you could ever find somebody who traveled to another universe randomly just randomly yeah. by like punching a hole like it's just it's <laughs> stuff like that is like but the thing is then don't write that into the fucking movie like don't give mm-hmm. your character powers that you can't control later in a way that's going to make sense. It's like you know like if you give your character too much power then you're just asking for problems later on when they don't save the person because you have to kill the character off at the end of the movie to have a sad scene mm-hmm. and then the audience is just like well why didn't he save them we saw earlier in the film he's got the power to fucking rewind time so why didn't he do it here and then like half the time these Marvel movies now and like all these shows like they're not even trying to even fill in the plot hole yeah. like they don't even care like it's just like oh he just didn't save them it's like, what but but he's got the power to Like wh- what what, And then they just Don't even talk about it It's like fuck you It's like you're, I'm being punished For paying attention It pisses me off And okay. it's oh, Anyway Is it my turn Or your turn
2: I think it's your turn Yeah it's your turn <laughs> Fuck you, well, getting me how passionate going. Passionate you are about it. Cool, cool, because I am too. It drives me nuts, man. Well, look, speaking of movies, this is another cover. This is
1: actually done by Glitbiter, the lovely Florence. We all know Florence. Oh, nice. Uh, from the uh the family shows. And uh I gotta find something for her to do. Now that you and I are doing these uh playlist shows, I've got uh I've gotta bring Florence along to do something. Sounds good to me. But uh that's something for me to figure out as producer of Beyond Synth. So look, she did an awesome cover mm-hmm. of a track from The Last Universe. Unicorn! Uh, I love The Last Unicorn, and uh, I know Florence does, obviously. We actually recorded a commentary for it. Maybe I'll talk about this after, because <laughs> we did it years ago. But it's a great film. It's got a great soundtrack. I've always loved The Last Unicorn soundtrack, and she has done a cover of Man's Road. It is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Forged in Neon with the 2049 Joshua Winto. Joshua Winto. Joshua Winto. Winto. Hey, fuck you. You're Joshua Winto <laughs> this week with the 20. And in the 1988 Club, it's Wayland Cast Geospatial, and this is Glitbiter with a cover of Man's Road. Was Man's Road performed by Glitbiter? Who you all know as Florence uh, from the Family Shows, and uh, that's a cover from the Last Unicorn movie, the soundtrack by America, and uh, it's a great cover she did. It's always—I say this all the time—I don't know why Florence always inspires me to say this, but I keep forgetting how good her voice is. It's incredible, yeah, yeah, it really is. She's got a great voice, and like I don't know what it is. It's like once you become friends with people, sometimes you've—it's like I forget, like I, I appreciate their talent. But then I sort of forget about it because I just,
2: like, think of them as, like, a, you know, pal on the internet or whatever. Dude, I get the same thing all the time. Like, uh, I'm just... uh, There's quite a few examples. I want to name names. All right, maybe one of them might be Michael Oakley. I talk to him all the time. And I just sometimes... It's not that I forget. It's just he's so talented. I mean, everything he does that we don't really talk about it much. And then sometimes I feel like it's weird that we don't. But then... You know what I mean? But maybe that's, I don't fucking know. It's weird.
1: Like, I like engaging with people as people. So, like, you know, if you listen to the interviews on the show or even the way that we talk, oftentimes I don't focus too much on the music because I like getting to know people and and really engaging with people on that level. However, I like to do it with people whose art I respect. Mm. So that's the weird thing. So it's like I, once I respect somebody as an artist, I go, oh, I want to have them on the show and then talk about everything other than their art. <laughs> and <laughs> when I love their music, it's, it's important. I play it all the time. It'll inspire me to work and do
2: cool things. That's one of the things I, I think, I, I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of anybody, but I think myself and a lot of people like about your interviews is that it's not really scripted and it's really natural and you kind of get a different take on who these people are it's not necessarily it's not all like just fanboy shit or tell me about this album tell me about you know what you were thinking when you wrote this song or how do you make you know it's it's more about who the person is and it's just different to what other people are doing and I think and it's very genuine and I think that's what a lot of people really do like about a lot of your interviews to be honest I mean that's where
1: all the work goes in because
2: because mm. I like I'll participate in other people's podcasts
1: and then see oh before we hit record you know there's like a, you know a document to look at like Heartbeat Heroes like that mm. his show there's like a Google document you can click on that has the schedule of what's going to happen you know when you're on and I'm like okay so he's probably done like you know like four or five hours prep before recording in the build up to the show and I'm the opposite (laughs) I do no prep half the time when I start recording with a person I'm like so um What's your name? (laughs) Like, I don't even, like... I do so little, because all I care about... This is the weirdest thing that I can't quite figure out about myself, is everything is about the music. So all I do is I go to their band camp, I listen to their music, and that's all of my prep, and I'll spend hours and hours listening to every song, trying to pick all my favorites from all the different places, and then as soon as we start recording, (laughs) I I, I ask them no questions about that music, Mm -hmm. other than that I just play it during the interview. And... I don't know. Maybe I'm a crazy person. No, you're not crazy
2: at all. I, I I, mean, it works for you and it works great. I don't know. I don't know how you make it work. If I had done that back in the day, I don't know. I don't have that. There's something there that I have to have it scripted or it just turns into shit. That's basically my thing. But um, So while, while other
1: people put all that prep work in advance, all of my work comes after. Yeah. Because oftentimes people will ask me, like, is there anything you want to talk about? Like, ask me for things in advance. I'm like, no. No, we're gonna, we're just gonna wing it. And some people aren't super comfortable winging it.
2: No, no, I know, and they're probably like, "What?" Like, but but it does work. The finished product. I mean, the finished product is 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 really good. It's always interesting. Well, I'll tell you what else is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta play me a song. Sure, sure. I got another good one. It's a vocal track this time. I really like this one. The track is called "A Thousand Times" featuring. Ryan Ward. It is off the LP Strawberry Lemonade available at Bandcamp and all other great streaming services. Uh, It is by Midnight Drift. It's a really good album, a lot of good collaborations and vocal tracks in there. Really good stuff. Awesome, man. And it is uh,
1: brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's the Bueckleman sisters. There's Rachel and there's Sarah. And they are both in the 1985 club. And in the 1980 club, there's Zach. And then, of course, there's Gene Creamer, Private Eye, and Rauer. Now, let's listen to this. This is Midnight Drift, A Thousand Times, featuring Ryan and Ward. And that was Midnight Drift with the track A Thousand Times featuring Ryan Ward and that was uh, another awesome pick from Marco this week and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters the awesome Mads Baron Christensen and we will never forget the immortal Chris Lane and of course uh, Fraser Davidson in the uh, the $10
2: club Mm. and I'm back here with Marco oh speaking of movies I did watch something I watched fucking uh, Prey oh nice nice a lot of people talking about it online I hear a lot of good things. Yeah, so I don't wanna sound like a fucking edge lord. It pisses me off when this happens.
1: <laughs> like I didn't love it as much as everybody else seemed to, but I appreciate it. So I will I'll say the positives first. It's like this will be spoiler free. Okay. I'll try this best I can. <laughs> okay. What I liked is that this one Definitely, like, felt different, and the Predator itself was different. Uh, Even, like, you know, like, the mask looks different, the face looks different, but it still had lots of Predator gadgets and things, which were cool. Mm -hmm. I like that it was short, and that it was simple, plot-wise. They didn't overcomplicate it. It's literally just predator comes to earth in 1715 or whatever and faces off against this tribe and some french trappers and stuff so that was cool so that aspect of it was really good however where the movie let me down was the effects the visual effects were good but not like top tier so that was the issue so there was a lot of digital animals There was Digital Blood, which is a fucking no-no. I hate Digital Blood. That's a no-no for me, man. Like, Digital Blood literally detracts from everything if you have a sequence with like violence or whatever digital blood makes it a zero like it just takes away all the work if there even was practical effects going on at the time digital blood just detracts from it and also even when the predator did his cloaking there was something almost like video gamey about it like the effects were good i mean look in predator and predator 2 the cloaking effect is a weird-looking effect. It's a, it's a definite, like, special effect in those movies. But it's used sparingly... If you notice, like, when you watch the old movies, when the Predator's invisible, oftentimes, like, he's literally invisible, except for, like, the two-second shot where you actually... where they do the, the weird sort of mirroring, light-bending effect. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he's invisible a lot of the time, and it's, like, it's always a special effect whenever it's happening. So that was the stuff that kind of let me down, because conceptually... I like the idea of the movie, but I don't know, when there's digital animals involved, I just can't get into it, no matter how cool the scene is. And I've talked to some other people, there there are some scenes that were really cool, there was a scene with a bear that, like, on paper is a cool scene, and it was a cool scene but I could just never shake that it was
2: a cartoon bear. Even though the bear looked good, it still wasn't real. Yeah, I wonder if that's a, a limit on how much money they spent or the people involved or the way it was shot. Because, I mean, there is a lot of movies that have had animals, digital animals and bears that look really good. You know, like, you wouldn't even know. Like, uh, Revenants, that scene in Revenant is crazy, man. Like, I mean, I'd probably have to watch it again, but like it's just so real I was like how the fuck did they shoot that like it really looks real I mean another movie that comes to mind Ghost in the Darkness with the lion I mean that's filmed in the 90s for Christ's sakes and again I'd have to see that again I haven't seen it in a while but at, at the time I thought that looked really fucking good really authentic I think that new movie Beast I've only seen the fucking trailer so I can't really talk that looks real I mean that looks real to me I would like you to see it yeah it's hard to comment with us.
1: Because I have, I've, I, look, I've talked to lots of people who, who really like that sequence. Mm-hmm. And for me, I like the idea of what this movie does with the predator, because it's like you're seeing a predator hunt on Earth for like the first time. And so that stuff was all really clever because you actually see it sort of working up the food chain. Mm-hmm. So like when he first lands, he's like literally you see him like hunt a snake, you know, like the, like you see these sorts of things and work its way up the animals, you know, till he gets to people. And so that was cool. Like, there's lots of things about this movie that were cool, and, I mean, we could have a whole discussion about digital bears. Well, how about this? Sure. Let's, we'll keep talking about this, but how about you play me, or is it my turn or is it your turn? It's your, it's your turn. Okay, yeah. so then I'm going to play a cool track from Relica. This is a cool song. I don't know if this artist is still active under this name Relica. It's not like a new track or anything, but I've always liked this song. It's a fucking cool-ass song, and uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. Like did I say Fraser Davidson already? I did. You did. Oh, yes. and in the Ten Pound Club, there's Albion Algorithm. In the Ten Dollar Club, there's Andrew Bennon, Barry 007, Ener Cubes, Jacob Pringle, John Masari, and Knight of Ducks. And speaking of Andrew Bennon, we're gonna hear a track from him later in the show. But first, we've got a track here from Relica. This is Soul Chip. And that was Sold Ship by Relica. That is a cool song brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the 10-pound club, we got Kudzost. And in the $10 club, we got Matthew Listé And Monkey Magics and Polydigital and Pudnuts. And I'm back here with Marco talking about animals in movies, I guess. You watched the English
2: dub version, I'm guessing, right? I did, yes. Look, the, the biggest thing I heard the people complaining about was that the... Uh, English dub version, the dub's really bad, but then if you watch it in the Comanche version or whatever it is, the original, that there is no subtitles at all. So. Well, I-, I would be. I would be curious to see. So, first of all, it's not a dub. Like, they are
1: speaking English. They are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not It's not dubbed. It's not like their mouths aren't doing the thing. Like, they are acting in English. hmm Although I didn't have too much of a problem with the script. Like, it wasn't... Again, these are an, other things I appreciated about Prey. It wasn't full of characters making stupid jokes and, like, quips and stuff. Mm-hmm there was still some cheesy you know Hollywoody type dialogue in it and you know there was one very very specific callback to Predator dialogue but ultimately it didn't annoy me like you know when you watch some of the newer Predator films and they're trying to do that sort of Marvel jokey type shit where like the characters are just joking the whole time and it just gets rid of all the threat and so this movie what I liked was it was lean like I said because it was it's short it's straight to the point so it's a nice lean movie good. If this movie was made in the 90s. And they, and they took it seriously, like it was like, it was like this is going to be a big budget movie, and they gave it to like a good director in the 90s, mm-hmm. this would have been a fucking amazing film. Yeah. If it was done mostly practically, um, even with the exact same script and all that stuff, it would have been great. I just feel like the special effects was the thing that was the biggest detractor for me. And also, if I can say this as spoiler-free as possible, I was kind of expecting the end of the movie to have less action in it. Like, the way the reviews were, they were talking about, oh, you know, the main character, she's very clever, you know? Like, that's what everyone is always sort of talking about. Like, she she outwits all the other boys, right? And she's uh, you know, a very clever hunter and this and that. And so I thought, well, that's going to be interesting because if she can't, necessarily fight the predator like hand to hand it would be really cool to see a movie where uh, you know the predator versus a natural hunter who you know basically is so clever she just outwits the predator in a, in a cool that way That would be cool yeah yeah now, the sure. thing is this that does happen to an extent but then there was still some Hollywood moments in there that I was like, oh, I wish that wasn't there. Like, I wish it was just ingenuity and that's how she beats him. Mm. But there is still some over-the-top things happening during this this thing. And I think people are taking way too much damage in movies now. Mm. Everyone's a superhero, right? Like, everyone gets fucking thrown across the room and slammed into a wall and just gets back up. Fucking Star Wars shows now, people just fucking full-on get stabbed with lightsabers and just don't die anymore like that's a thing now dude in the fucking obi-wan show there's at least two major characters who get full-on lightsabered to the stomach the same way that fucking qui-gon died in the prequels and they don't (laughs) die Uh, and it's like not even explained it's just like oh no sorry you didn't kill me and it's like what and i think in this particular case some of the characters did take too much of a beating and pray where i was like no like he threw them into the tree like they're done like you know and and at the same time I will say this I think the predator took too much damage in this movie as well Mm -hmm. because there's there's some scenes where like he was full on taking a lot of damage and was still like fighting at one point I'm like what the fuck like (laughs) well how about this well okay hold on (laughs) I I keep on getting worked up about this shit is it my turn or
2: your turn I think it's me okay it's me this time Uh, I got awesome new track from Flavio Labar Um, it's called BB Crew It's a different kind of track. I I really like it. It's got housey vibes to it, like a classic... Fresh, housey vibe. I love the beats in it. I love the progressions. Um, it, it's really a unique, amazing track. uh Give it a spin, Andy, please.
1: Awesome. Um, before I do, i just like to say <laughs> that it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. Did I say Rama Branch and Pudnuts already? How about Run the Skyway and Tristan Waits and Watch Clark and Will low and fuck, we'll throw Gary Heather in there and Fuzzy Saber. Why not? And how about our old friend Jean Christophe Leconte? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's like your favorite one. Sorry. Now it is time for Flaviola bar with BB cream.
3: Intéressant en France culturellement, notre maquillage est souvent assez euh, simple et sobre. Euh, si on compare le euh, style de maquillage en Amérique, par exemple, ou même en Angleterre, c'est très différent. Bien sûr, chaque femme euh, peut faire le maquillage qu'elle veut, mais en général, euh, c'est différent. Donc en France, souvent, c'est juste un trait liner. Du mascara, un peu de poudre, blanche, elles mettent tout de la fleur, mais c'est des petites doses. Et, et voilà. Et si le soir on veut sortir, à la je mets de la bébé de la crème, de la crème, crème.
1: And that was BB Cream by Flavio Bar. Another awesome pick from Marco this week. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's uh, there's IP68 and uh, Jonathan Harden and Non Solo Inglés and Binkley and River Avenue and a bashed pudding. And we're back with Marco. What are we talking about? We're talking
2: about Prey. Prey, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a movie I want to watch. I mean, I haven't seen the last couple of Predator movies. I just, uh, fuck it. But this one, I'm actually, uh, has piqued my interest so i will watch it eventually it is better than a lot of the other predator sequels but i
1: will say this because it's very popular right now to say like i like this one like second best of the first predator i still love predator 2 yeah, it's a great movie at the time in the 90s when there was only predator and predator 2 it was easy to just be like okay look predator is obviously awesome and predator 2 is like You know, a sequel like Robocop 2 or whatever, where it's just, it doesn't touch the original, it's fine. But with time, I appreciate it so much more. Because even when I was young, I used to think like, ah, this movie's... It's kind of weird and it's silly. Predator 2, I'm talking about. Yeah. But I still always liked the ending. Like, I always thought, like, the last 30 minutes was great. And there's still a lot to like in it. But it's obviously no Predator 1, which is fine. But honestly, in recent years, with all the digital filmmaking, like we're talking about before, and fucking digital Mm. blood, and all these, like, action films that just feel sort of cheap and fake, I appreciate some of these movies... I used to, you know, not appreciate as much, so much more. Die Hard 2. There's a movie that I used to say was bad. Because when there was only the three Die Hard movies, it was like, yeah, Die Hard 1 is obviously an amazing classic. Die Hard 3 is a lot of fun. And Die Hard 2 is that kind of weak sequel that, like, isn't as good or whatever. Now, I fucking love Die Hard 2.
2: I purposefully watch it. I think it's fucking hilarious. It's so bad. Okay, so Die Hard 2 at the time I thought was amazing. I watch it again. I actually watched it recently. I was like, "What the fuck is going on in this movie?" Like <laughs> the opening scene where he's naked doing the bad guys, like doing all that. I'm like, "What the, the awesome. fuck?" I don't remember this. He's like, doing the naked the karate, hell? and then he and then he, yeah.
1: he spins real fast to turn the TV off with the remote. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, but it's fucking hilarious. What it is, oh. it's it's an appreciation for just action scenes done practically. You know, like, with, you yeah. know, real stunts, real props, and all that stuff. Because, you know, all the action films now, everything's digital, like, the digital blood hits and all that stuff. And so, when I watch... Like, Die Hard 2 is a silly film, but it's got some really f- over-the-top and funny performances. Like, Dennis Franz, when he's, like, at the, uh, you know, working in the as airport security, like, he's hilarious in that movie. Like, just says a whole yeah. bunch of funny lines. But anyway, the point is, that's the way I, I feel <laughs> about... Predator 2 was another one like I, I always used to just mm. go hey Predator 2 and then now I go back and watch it and I'm like you know what this is pretty awesome like there's a lot of mm-hmm, practical mm-hmm. awesome action in it a lot of over the top ridiculous characters in that film whose voices I, I don't think I'm allowed to do <laughs> uh, <laughs> but let's just say there's some Jamaican villains who are super over the top with their accents and the fact that they're like voodoo gangster like it's it, that movie is <laughs> yeah, ridiculous, so ridiculous. Oh, it is, that's why. I'm but it's not. so entertaining. And in a way, you know when people always complain about sequels recycling things? Mm-hmm. And they're always just like, oh, it's just like, they're just taking all the tropes from the other movie and doing this. You gotta say, Predator 2 is very different from Predator very 1. Different. Like, they did try something else with the franchise, like, and they did it immediately. Like, yeah. the fact that it's in a city with, like, fucking cops in the middle of, like, this crazy gang war with fucking Jamaican voodoo drug
2: dealers. <laughs> You know, you know what I want to know, though, as well, and, and I'm curious, the listeners who are listening to this, what your opinion on this is. Do you think sometimes we are less forgiving with newer movies because, I guess, our standards are really high now? I mean, if that shit got released now, would we say, like, this just fucking ridiculous? Like what? The, do you know what I mean? You know, lately with you know the Star Wars movies and those sorts of things, there have
1: been an, a group of people who are so sensitive to, we'll say, wokeness in movies mm-hmm. that they're, like, hating on everything. Like, yeah, anytime the lead in a movie is a lady or, you know, they race swap a character or something, they're, like, instantly mad. And this it's like the decline yeah. of cinema <laughs> and as a whole because of this fucking wokeness in movies. <laughs> and what I want to do is do a series where I point out... All the movies from our childhood, cartoons, where they did all mm-hmm. those things. Like oh, this, really, this yeah. is nothing nobody said, new. Better
2: than I, yeah. Nobody better than I back then.
1: Yeah, it's like now they're so sensitive. And like, I will agree that a lot of these movies aren't good. But I don't necessarily think the problems are the problems that these sort of angry fans are pointing out. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, my problem with Star Wars, like the new Star Wars movies, none of it has to do with feminism or, you know, like the race of characters. I just think they're poorly written, poorly thought out, stupid movies with characters that are not likable and they treated the classic characters like shit. Mm -hmm. That's where I stand and that's why I don't like the the Disney movies. got nothing to do, I couldn't give a fuck about Kathleen Kennedy (laughs) or like any of these things. I don't give a shit. So you could point to so many examples of movies, you know, in the night where like, you know, they swapped the lead out or like you watched a sequel and they focused more on like the new sidekick character or they brought in some other stupid character. Like it's it's a thing that they've been doing for decades and decades Mm. in movies. It's nothing new. So, when I look at movies now and think, like, am I, like, judging these things harshly? Like, I don't think I am. Like, the problem is these movies are not well written, mm. and they're just churning shit out. Just like fucking Netflix and all these other places. They're just, they're putting out so much content. The fact that we call it content now, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, it's, content. <laughs> it's not even movies and TV. It's
2: content. It's stuff. It's like they don't even give a fuck. Yeah. And that's the issue. So, I don't think we're being harsh. Well, one thing that comes to mind for me, because I'm very harsh with the new Alien movie about the characters making stupid mistakes, right? They were dumb being... movies. They were dumb movies. All right. But then you look at Aliens, the second Alien movie, right? And I love this movie today. It's one of my favorite movies ever. But... If you look at it, what they do, the way the uh, the squad's acts, how stupid they are, and they go in their gun-ho, and then Ripley has to save them because they're so incompetent. I mean, the leadership and everything, that whole aspect of it, you know what I mean? Like, would that if that came out now, would that piss me right off and go like, ah, fucking, you know, goddamn stupid shit, or... I don't think so. I don't think so. But I'm just curious what people think.
1: I think you know? the thing is, when you set up characters... Like what they do in Alien, like the writing, when I, when I watch classic movies that are so good, what they can do with so little time, Mm. you know, when you watch a modern thing and they can spend all these times with a character and you don't give a shit about them. And then you just think, what about the classic characters from the movies I love? And then when you really pay attention, it's like, wow, they just gave that guy like two lines of dialogue. And yet it was enough for me to totally understand who that character is. And, you know, when you watch Aliens, it's like, the way that they introduce the
2: squad, it's like, you get who they all are, you get their You're camaraderie. Right. You're right, because because he's sleeping, like, Hicks should be in charge, right? But he's fucking, he's done so many missions, and he's so calm, under pressure, that he literally falls asleep, when they're fucking dropping into that, you know, on the yeah. planet. And the guy in charge, who shouldn't be in charge, they set that up perfectly because it is, it's is—it's true. He shouldn't be in charge. He's, you know, okay, gr- he was great in school. You know, Gorman or whatever his name is. You know, on paper, he's like everybody's favorite to, to, to be leading. But, but no, no, he shouldn't be in charge. And it was like a political, you know, whatever. The higher-ups chose the wrong person, whatever it is. So they kind of set that up. So when it does happen, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, you know? Well, there you go. So... It isn't just some random shit where people are doing stupid shit. No, no, it's all set up perfectly, so...
1: Again, it's down to great writing because if you care... Yeah. See, this is another problem, too. I feel like a lot of the movies I'm watching now, I don't care about a lot of the characters. So if you care, sometimes a stupid thing does happen but it doesn't matter because you care about the characters so you're concerned for their situation yeah and then if I just watch a new movie where like I don't like the characters I don't know there's just something about what like my favorite movies where they just introduce characters in such a way that where you like them and you just want to see what happens to them and then I, yeah. I find there's like a lot of shorthand in movies now where everything's meta And it's like, you understand this character type because you've seen this character type before in other movies, so we're not going to bother explaining. You get it, he's the tough guy, and he's the this and that, whereas you watch older movies... And just like you said, that example of Hicks asleep in the in the thing, it's like, it's a great storytelling technique. That's all you need to know. He's asleep, because he's so calm, because he's done this before, and that shows you his level of expertise and all this stuff. Like, you get all that, and then they literally just have to show it for, like, fucking ten seconds. Like, you just, camera pans over, you get it. You know all you need to know about this guy. Yeah. And then nowadays, it's a lot of, like, dialogue, where characters just tell you stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the best there is, I'm trained in this and that, and then Like some other character comes in to be like, how are you doing today? My, you know, my young trainee boy, we sure have had some times ever since you trained with me six (laughs) years ago, you know? And it's like, what the fuck is this shit? (laughs) Hold on. We got, we got to play a song. We're talking too long (laughs) here. Um, Sorry. Listen, I mentioned him earlier. Awesome patron, Andrew Benin. Uh, He just sent me this track. I don't know if it's out yet, but we're going to play it anyway. It's called into the sunset is a nice synth wave tune. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome patron patreon supporters we're talking about adam conway akio nakasone andrew big baby d boris cyford cat punk christian quello Chris Ack hatarack and dalton bell i hope you like this this is andrew Bennon with into the sunset That was Into the Sunset by Andrew Bennon. Uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like David Lavalley Jr., an electromechanic, Joe Esposito, Luke Timmermans, Owen Magali, Philip Back, Replicant69, and Russ Pentland. And uh, we're back here. I'm with Marco.
2: We're talking about movies and getting all worked up. Yeah, this is good. I feel like we have so much to talk about. I I wanted to mention with Alien as well, I think that movie in so many ways is like just a perfect template or the perfect example of how to build tension, how the character development, so that you care about, even if you don't like the characters, you care about them, what happens to them and everything. There's that scene in Alien, which I think is just the perfect scene where they're all sitting around eating dinner at the start and they're talking and carrying on and it feels real. It feels like they're really there and they really are who they're portraying the way they're talking you get a feel for what they are they're just truckers in space basically and, and they're kind of simple a lot of them are simple people they just want to go home they don't want to be on this fucking mission and they have to I just think it's such a perfect movie the way they set it up which a lot of movies miss these days they just don't have that character development you know I don't know that's what I think
1: again I, I think a lot of it has to do with the technology for me I don't know what it is but the way everything now is so crisp uh, like picture wise I don't know what Like it's like taking the character away from the movie. Like when I watch my favorite films, like some of them are pretty grainy. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not perfect, but there's something about it where you feel the craftsmanship of the making of the movie itself. Like when there's like the grain and the real props Mm -hmm. and the sets and the smoke, you know, when they like shove the smoke in the movie and you know, even when you watch an older movie and the titles don't even stay still, they're kind of jittery. But in doing so you almost feel the work like some guy had to like fucking line up the text and film it on film and (laughs) you know i to like put the font in there and there was no computer so they probably literally arranged every letter by hand and then like filmed it against some fucking black screen or whatever it's like you you feel every aspect of the movie making even in the title sequence and nowadays with everything being digital it's almost like I feel that there's less work and I'm not trying to dismiss like I'm sure there's still a lot of work going on because it is a lot of work to make something even digitally but it doesn't have the same sense of charm of problem solving like you know to do a special effect a long time ago you really had to think like how the fuck are we actually going to do this like it's in the script guy well, guy gets his head cut off and then starts running around the room but if you don't have digital technology where you just go oh we'll just wrap his head in a green cloth and then just chroma key it out and that's that's literally what we're going to do when you have to literally plan months in advance okay i guess Maybe we hire a stunt guy who's got kind of tall shoulders and then he can wear a jacket with, like, a a high collar. (laughs) And then you got to think, well, if this guy's going to get his head knocked off, we have to figure out what his costume is going to be so the scene where he gets his head knocked off, maybe he has a high collar for the whole film so that it doesn't seem weird when he gets his head knocked off and all of a sudden his collar's really high or whatever. Like, all this stuff you have to plan in advance. Mm. And nowadays, I just feel like it's just all... How are we going to do it? Oh, we'll just fucking go into the computer and we'll just like uh, crop it out with fucking 3D head eraser plug in and and then we'll have a digital neck replacement plug in from Unreal Engine like it's all already there Mm. and it just takes the fun out of the crafting of movies itself because I just feel like people don't have to think as much and then that's why all these projects are rushed. Mm. You know, maybe all these Star Wars shows would be a lot better if they actually like stayed in the writing phase for like two years and instead of there being like three Star Wars shows a year, maybe there's only one every two years because they're
2: actually, like, really thinking about it. Really thinking about it, yeah. And a lot of those old movies and a lot of those old shows and stuff, they did do have so many new script writes and revisions and, and they did think on it for years before it came into production. A lot of the good movies were like that. I know Terminator, for example, was... He had that idea for a long time before he even you know what I mean? Like and there were so many revisions and reworks and and a lot of times the production companies can ruin movies too. They're like, Ah we don't want it like this, we want a more of a action, you know, instead of a, like a horror. And 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 then like in that example, you know, he really stuck with it. No, this is the way it's gonna be made and I ain't gonna make it any other fucking way, you know and look at what a masterpiece that was
1: at the end of the day when the stuff is done practically over digital even when it's bad I know that I've said this a billion times on this show but even when it's bad it's still to me better than something that you can tell is digital I agree when I can't tell obviously it's perfect right Mm. Christopher Nolan's great at this like he makes movies where he uses digital in such a way that there is a ton of digital effects but he doesn't do it for the things that make it look fake right so it's like you know building extensions or like a CGI vehicle or something Mm. there's still a charm to that fucking rubber arnold head when he's taking his eyeball out in the sink because it's like it's still a fucking fake head they made like if that was just a cartoon where it's like just a cgi (laughs) arnold head even if it looked good the whole time i'd just be like it's a fucking cartoon like i'm watching a cartoon of arnold right now for some reason i'll watch a fucking plaster plasticine rubber arnold and be like that's fine but when i see a cgi one i'm like ah, I'm just not buying this. And it doesn't matter how cool the scene is, at the end of the day, I just get taken out of the fucking thing. No, for sure. Uh,
2: We we can keep talking, but you gotta play me another song. All right, there's another track that's really, um, I've had it on repeat for the last couple of days. I'm not familiar with this artist. He's called Spheres. And he is from uh, Toronto, Ontario. This is a really cool chill wave kind of track. It's called Homeworld, and uh, it's really good. All right, man, and it's uh brought to you by my
1: awesome Patreon supporters like uh, Artificial and Stagger and Tomasz Shimanek and Polar Wildcat Studios, Cenotaph, Mike Bailey, and Tatsuya Miwa. And this is Spheres with Homeworld. And I am back here with Marco right now talking about movies and stuff. Oh, I should say that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like uh, Zen Fraser and Robocop and Mr. Gimson and Fifty Shades of Beige and Anders Enger Jensen. Hey, we just heard from him uh, last week. I had him on the show, and uh, Arcade Eyes, and I'm back with Marco, like I just said.
2: Mm-hmm. What were we talking about? We're talking about practical and digital effects. Jesus Christ, this topic comes up so often on this show. I know. <laughs> yeah, but have you ever seen Have you ever seen uh, The Thing prequel that came out? I sort of flipped through it. Okay. Now, for me, that was a good movie, but I think they spoiled it. And this is what's crazy, because what happened was they filmed that movie with all practical effects. It was a prequel, and I wanted to stay true to the original, and it was, script-wise and everything, it tied in. perfectly you know thought the acting was pretty good I I really liked it but they originally filmed it with practical effects and it was supposed to be really good but then at the last minute the production company the head honchos you know oh no we don't want the practical we want digital so they actually put digital effects over the top of the original practical effects and it looks digital it looks fake They, Mm. they ruined it and I don't know this decision to do that is fucking awful and I wish they would bring out the original director's card or some fucking shit like that where it would have all the practical, original practical effects and and leave it as that. I would love to see it, you know?
1: I feel like sometimes maybe people get the wrong idea. Like, when we're bitching about new movies, that we're somehow implying that old movies are perfect or something, or, like, the way they used to do things, just, like, perfect. And I'm not. There are a ton of shitty movies made all through my childhood. If I sit there and always go, like, I love the 80s. Like, dude, there's a ton of 80s movies that are fucking garbage. And TV shows and music. Like, as much as I complain about how much I don't like the 90s, 90s like hits? Like, believe me, there are some songs in the 80s that drive me fucking nuts. Like, I don't <laughs> love everything. It's just when it comes to the art of making movies, I just feel like part of it is really the economy of telling a story and what needs to be there and what doesn't need to be there and the thought and the preparation that goes into the greatest movies and it just feels like yeah, like there's a lot of luck. There's a lot of things just sort of falling into place. I mean, I know for myself that there've been lots Lots of projects that I've made and worked on. I bet there's a lot of musicians in the scene, for example, the same way, where sometimes something cool just happens and you just happen to be there to capture it, right? So you you can do all the planning in the world. Sometimes some stuff is just magic. Like I I believe not in literal movie magic as in like magical wizard shit, (laughs) but I do believe that there are some movies where it was made the right year, the right cast, the right director, the right, you know, writer. It was the right fucking movie studio who gave it a chance and all this stuff. And you can see that you can literally bring back the same team Ghostbusters 2 is a great fucking example of this. Mm. You can't say, like, you know, when they make a sequel and it's a different director and different actors, and you go, oh, fuck this, man, they should have brought the original director back, or they should have brought the original actors back, right? That's why it sucked. Ghostbusters 2 is the exact same team. Same director, same actors, everything. And it's just not nah. as good as Ghostbusters mm-hmm. 1. In fact, it's kind of a silly movie. I don't I don't love Ghostbusters 2. Like, I tolerate it now, but, like, you know, mm. it's nothing near what Ghostbusters 1 it's is. really, nah, no way near it. You're right. No. And it's the same team. So you, you can't mm. always rely on just, well, if we get the same people together, it'll be a fucking good movie. That's not how it works. There is some level of magic that happens. Mm. And maybe it's, you know, the energy level of the cast as well. Like, you know, if, you know, you get the same team back, but the people don't like working with each other or they don't want to be there, then that's going to come through as
2: well. Yeah, the chemistry will come through, Yeah,
1: Yeah, so it's, it's not that... Pfft, making films was was better back... Well... Maybe it was. Okay, how do I say this? Because, like, (laughs) honestly all of my favorite movies come from you know the 80s and 90s and like a few from the 70s pretty much me too they're just I don't know there there are times dude I can't even explain it where I'll put on one of my favorite movies that isn't even like an emotional film and I'll get like kind of teary eyed at just how good the movie is it's not even sad like I just put on a movie that I love and I just go what a fucking good movie this is like I get teary eyed a bit I get that feeling zero when I watch new things Mm. I watch these old things and I'm just like so happy that it's so good yeah even if it's not even an emotional movie I'll be like oh this is good or like when a story beat in a movie or a character does something or says a certain line of dialogue then I'm just like what a fucking great moment this is and then I'll get teary eyed because of how good it is mm. and I don't even know how to fucking explain it
2: yeah I know I agree I mean I, I honestly watch a lot of old movies now that's most of what I watch I watch a lot of shit on Tubi TV I don't know if anyone's familiar with that site they have a lot of old movies I watched one. look I bitch about these new movies and stuff but I literally watched an old movie called Blades which i have never seen before it's I think it's 1990 or 1989 something like that horror movie it's literally about A lawnmower that becomes possessed and starts (laughs) killing people. And I enjoyed it so fucking much, I thought it was, it was amazing, okay? It was silly and funny, but it was just so entertaining. And the way it was shot was great. Like you're saying, like the, the shots, just something about it, the look of it. I don't know what it was. It's really a movie. It's really good. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's really a movie. I like that. <laughs> no, I know. If somebody told you, they go, "What the fuck?" No, it, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Well, look,
1: I, I wanna I wanna play another song here. Sure. I think I've already played a few tracks from this Pure Italo Disco Volume One album that from Aztec Records, and so I'm sort of cheating because I think I've already played like maybe two songs. From this, or maybe three, but honestly, uh, this song is great. It's uh, from an artist called I Am Bolin, and uh, I really like this one. It came on, and I was like, you know what? This is a nice song. I like the vocals and all that stuff. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Bogdan Crevoy, Captain Big Bucks, Captain Big Bucks, <laughs> Captain Big Bucks, <laughs> Big Bucks. <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> big butt. i'm gonna have to change the sound effect now i always play like a cash register sound for him uh then there's kevin taylor Kempop, <laughs> pop chess press magoo christopher albert christopher hudson dana jean phoenix dave Woolston, dex harkaden kai and king koopazilla this is i am bolin with another me maybe was another me by I Am Bolin from the album Pure Italo Disco Volume 1 from Aztec Records a great compilation because I've played a bunch of tracks from it and uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like uh, Christian Micklebust and Mike go visit Andy who's that and then there's a uh, Neon Zone Prophet of Jupiter, Roboito, Roman, and Simon Norberg. And I'm
2: back here with Marco. We're uh, we're going kind of over time today. We are. I honestly have probably one more thing to say about this, and I'm sorry. I know I had a really strong coffee today, but that's good. i got a lot to talk about. Like the movie Interstellar. Have you seen that before? Yes. Okay, so I like the movie a lot. I think it's a great movie. I, I love it. It looks great. It's a well-done movie. There is one scene in it that bugs the shit out of me, and that is the scene when we're on the water planet. Now, it is a great scene. I love the way it builds attention when that wave, they realize it's a fucking wave. <clears throat> and, and it is. And, and also the added part where you know that the time is going so fast compared to Earth years. It is really well done, the tension, you know, and they're trying to be really fast because it's fucking time flying, you know. And what bugs me, right? And it's not just me. I keep going back to this clip on YouTube of the scene with people arguing about it, <clears throat> is the part where fucking. Doyle who's played by Wes Bentley he takes forever to get back into the craft and I think a lot of it comes down to the editing and the way it's shot but he just sits there for fucking ever and then at the last second he turns around to have a look at the wave and then he gets washed away. It fucking bugs the hell out of me because it is a perfect scene other than that one fucking bit, you know?
1: There's always these moments, these tendencies in, in these big budget movies to have those Hollywood moments. I actually had a similar issue. So I think a few weeks ago I gave my review because I watched 2010. Oh, yes. So the, the sequel to 2001. I hadn't seen it in a long time and on, on re-watching it, I have to say, and I did say this already, that I really liked it. I think it's a really good fucking science fiction movie and an 80s movie that no one ever talks about just because it's a weird movie, because it's a sequel to 2001. Mm -hmm. It's just so weird that 2001 has a sequel, and that (laughs) the sequel is so different. You know, it's left up to your sort of imagination as to what the fuck is going on, and then 2010 is a very straightforward science fiction movie that, you know, is very specific about what's going on, and even what happened in the first movie, like they they sort of explain things and stuff. And then there's just these stupid Hollywood movies, Moments and one of them, spoiler, uh, if you've never seen 2010 is, the cool thing is, at the end of the movie, like, the guy who made Hal has to convince Hal to sacrifice the ship. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, is Hal gonna do it? Because Hal went bad. But then Hal realizes his mistake and actually, like, agrees to do it. And so it's like a nice kind of sad moment where, like, Hal essentially sacrifices himself. And the guy who made him is leaving the ship. And Hal is about to do this boost. Mm -hmm. Like, he's basically gonna turn the booster on so they can be like, slingshot around this fucking thing. And the guy is literally, like, the the scientist astronaut guy is walking out of the ship really slowly as Hal is counting down that he's about to instigate this boost. And it's like, dude, you should have been out of this ship, like, fucking two hours before Hal did this. Yeah, like, you should so be annoying. you should be buckled into the other spaceship, mm. but just for dramatic Hollywood purposes, he's saying goodbye to Hal ten seconds before Hal is about to fucking turn the boosters on, and so the guy ends up, like, flying outside of the spaceship, like, tethered by the fucking belt, and it's like, well, of course, you fucking idiot, like, you shouldn't be outside of the spaceship <laughs> while the booster's going, like, so I understand from a filmmaking point of view, okay, for dramatic effect... He's walking out right as Hal is saying goodbye to him. But especially for a scientist to be like, dude, you would have been out of there. You know what I mean? Like you would not have stayed behind till fucking five seconds before the boost. Like that just stupid. And so I, I agree with you with what you're saying with like interstellar. It's that same thing no, where annoying. you get the point of it. For dramatic purposes But then on the surface You're
2: like Aren't these people Trained scientists y- You know he wouldn't do that Yeah yeah It's frustrating Because it is a tragic scene And you go Oh fuck man You know like Wow that's terrible. But then you're like, yeah, but I feel like it could have been avoided or, or it could have been shot better, where he literally was running and he almost made it. But no, he actually stops in the doorway for like, it feels like an eternity. Mm. He's just standing there. He waits for the other character to go in and the robot. And then he stops and he braces himself, takes a breath. Oh, and then he looks around. Oh, let me have a look at the way before I jump in. And then, oh, no, it's too late now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <"What> the fuck? <laughs> Because it is such a good scene otherwise. It really is. It's terrifying. It, re- it really is a terrifying scene, but it's anyway. No yeah.
1: I guess that's probably why it also made me want to bring up 2010 as well because yeah. with every Christopher Nolan movie you always get the sense of because he's like a student of cinema and so you always know what kind of movie he is inspired by when he makes the film you know like just how like The Dark Knight had all those scenes that were like really inspired by heat like even like the music mm. especially and stuff like that and Interstellar is like his 2001 like it's just it's so inspired mm. by 2001 even the how it ends in a weird way where there's a weird science fiction strange sequence and stuff that's kind of like you're like what's happening right now like he's like in between dimensions and like all this other shit and like
2: uh, the score is really great in interstellar too it's such an intense it's an amazing movie visually apparently like the effects it really is it's uh, the acting's good too yeah Um,
1: like I think Christopher Nolan like I think he makes awesome movies that are really like intense like the way that and especially the music that Hans Zimmer does for him like right yeah it's just sometimes he gets a little indulgent and which is what happened with the fucking backwards film uh, uh tenant mm-hmm. it was a little bit too much christopher nolan where it almost felt like he was like making fun of himself where you know when people always go like yeah you know you can never hear the dialogue in christopher nolan movies and then in this fucking tenant like there's scenes where the music is so loud <laughs> you're like is this a joke <laughs> like i think he's fucking with the audience
2: <laughs> at this point <laughs> yeah his movies do drag on a little too the seller probably could have been they could have shaved off probably 20 30 minutes I think the same with that Inception movie. You're like, in the end, you're like, Jesus Christ, this movie's still going. Like, it's like, fuck, it's a good movie, but it's like, fucking hell, man. Inception is definitely like James Bond. Yeah, like he, you know, he loves James Bond
1: because when you watch Inception, like some of the action scenes and even the fact that like Leonardo DiCaprio's running around in a tuxedo and like you know shooting people with the pistol and stuff, and and there's a skiing action scene, just like every fucking James Bond. You know, so true. Yeah, 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 totally. But anyway, yeah. Well, look, how about this, man? (laughs) We've been recording too long, so how about you play me one last song, and then we'll uh, say goodbye. All
2: right. It's good. I think, I think I'm pretty done with the subject, so that was good. We hashed <laughs> it out. <too. laughs> no, we really—that was good. Thanks. I needed to get that out. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I've got a new song from an awesome new album. Um, the album is called 80s Kids. It's by Drive. This is another one that features awesome collaboration, some great vocal tracks. I really like this one. This is my favorite song on the there's another. There's quite a few good ones, but this is probably my favorite one on there. It's called 80s Song featuring Cassiopeia.
1: Alright, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like Star Nomad, Steve from The Matrix, The Axel Effect, The Naked Flame, Tim Ross, Timothy Pierce, Tron Javolta, and Vincent Tane. And this is Drive with 80's Song featuring Cassiopeia. (laughs) was Drive, with the track 80s song featuring Cassiopeia, or Cassiopeia, however you uh, you want to say that, and that was uh, Marco's last pick this week. I should say, just a little shout out to my uh, Patreon supporters, like watch out for Snakes, City Lights, Katner, Echo, Vector X. Ivan, Stu, Triple the M, and Antalog. Thank you all for supporting the show. And, uh, yeah, I guess we can go. Oh, if you want to support the show, too, go to patreon.com slash Synth. Marco, say goodbye.
2: Uh, goodbye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully we didn't rave on too much about this shit, but uh, hopefully it was an enjoyable episode. And you liked our picks. This, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: whenever we get talking about stupid movies, man, it fucking gets me worked up. We're supposed to be like, the talking between songs is supposed to be like four minutes or less, and I think like this episode, we end up like, (laughs) we're like talking for like 15 minutes before I remember like, fuck, we got to play a song. Hopefully it'll be edited down so the audience doesn't have to listen to so much of it, but hey man, look, that's the way it is on Beyond Synth, you know, it's like a box of chocolates. You never know. What you are? I don't even want to finish this. Um. Oh my god! Look, uh, it's always nice to chat with you. You too. And uh, for all of you out there in uh, listener land, tune in uh, next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is.
2: I love that. It was a really good fucking theme song.
1: (laughs) Now we're just going to use your version instead of the original. Oh,
2: God. (laughs) Alright, see you later, dude. Alright, see you, man.
0: Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via paypal at beyondsynth.com if you want to submit music to the show please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com don't forget to follow and subscribe to beyond synth on youtube instagram twitch twitter and facebook may the force be with you
1: Beyond Synth is made in partnership with your mom.